I'm sure you already heard the bad news that Klal Yisrael lost a tremendous Jew today, Haravadin Steinzaltz, Evan Yisrael of blessed memory. There's just so much that one could say about Rav Steinzaltz, and he's just so much he accomplished during his lifetime. But I'd like to spend a couple of moments talking about what, in my opinion, I, I, I merited to meet him a couple of times. I spoke to him a couple of times and had some interesting stories with him. But I'd like to share with you a couple of thoughts that I had about him, which, in my personal opinion, was what impressed me most about him. Everyone is talking about how he was such a genius, a professor, an academic. And, of course, that's all true. He was a genius way before Art Scroll Gemara. Today, everyone uses the Art Scroll Gemara. But it's important to remember it was Rav Steinzaltz's idea. His Gemara came first. And besides the Gemara, he's written many other books, and everyone talks about how brilliant he was, and of course that's true, but, you know, there's... I, I merited to meet in my life a lot of smart people, and I, I actually... I, I, who, who knows to compare, but I think I actually met in my life some people that might have been smarter than Steinzaltz, and he is very impressive, all his books and everything, but in my opinion, what's most impressive for me, I want to tell you a story. Two, two anecdotes that, that, that really gives over, in my opinion, the, the, the Chiddush, the beauty of Rav Steinzaltz. So first of all, I think it was in the early 80s, if I'm not mistaken, or late 70s, Rav Steinzaltz had written a book, uh, Biblical Images, and in it he wrote some things about Shimshan Agibor, whatever. Make a long story short, Bnei Brak, the people, the rabbis in Bnei Brak, that like causing trouble, were very upset with what Rav Steinzaltz had written. Don't forget, at that time, this was, you know, academic books about Hasidus weren't that many at all. I mean, at that point, there hadn't been that many books written about Hasidus. So Rav Steinzaltz really, in a way, was a pathblazer also in bringing Hasidus to academia. But, as is the way with academic books, uh, you know, I mean, I, I never went to college, but I'm familiar with academic books, and most of the time, a lot, of, a lot of these academic books, as you know, people just need to be impress other people, and if you saw Dead Poets Society, the way Robin Williams shows, etc., the, the fallacy of academia. But Rav Steinzaltz wanted to bring God to that world as well, and he wrote a couple of books, and the rabbis in Bnei Brak at one point were very upset with some of the things that he had written in an academic way that seemed to be not very from, not very Yerushamayim, that didn't seem to be, you know, good enough for the people in Bnei Brak. And these rabbis spoke to the rabbis in Jerusalem, because Rav Steinzaltz lived in Jerusalem, and they spoke to the rabbis of the Eid Haredes, and the rabbis of the Eid Haredes were going to put Rav Steinzaltz into Cherem. They were going to excommunicate him because of the things that he wrote in the book. They thought he was a maskil, enlightenment, right? The maskilim, don't forget, Jews were always afraid of maskilim. Jews have this, like, um, knee-jerk reaction fear of academics and really, really professors and stuff because of the Haskalah. Because don't forget, 200 years ago during the Enlightenment, the Haskalah and the Enlightenment caused caused millions of Jews to leave Judaism. <clears throat> and it's only after, you know, past couple of decades that, that Jews are starting to... that. Jews that believe in God deeply and want to bring God to the academic world are involved in that place. So it was a very new phenomenon at that time. So the Eidah Haredes, Rav Sender Freund of Blessed Memory, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, they sent him a shlachas, they wanted to put him in cherem, to excommunicate him. And they called as a witness Rav Chaim Shalom Daich. Rav Chaim Shalom Daich, Zalzayin Gezin Shlita, is the Rosh Kolol of Tzemach Tzedek. If you know in the old city of Jerusalem, in the Altstadt, if, if you go in the old city, you see that by the car, though, there's that big building, the Tzemach Tzedek Shul. That's a kolel. Since the Six-Day War, Rav Chaim Shalom Daich has been the head of the kolel. I merited to learn there also for about a year and a half. 
So Chaim Shalom Deitch was the head of the kol, and he knew Rav Steinzeltz very well. And he's a Jew, a very well-respected Yerushalmi Jew, whereas a Strymel. So the rabbis in Jerusalem thought that maybe, you know, they'll call him as a witness to find out about this Steinzeltz guy. So they called him to come as a witness. And he said to them as follows, he said over them a word from the Ksav Seifer. The Ksav Seifer writes, you know, by Rivka, when Rivka was pregnant with Yaakov and Esav, I straight to Abunim Bekir, but remember she had tremendous pain. And she didn't know why she was in such terrible pain. And Rashi says, because when she would pass by Yeshiva, Yaakov would want to leave. And when she would pass by a house of Aveda Zara, Esav would want to leave. And they were both, so she didn't know what's going on. So, Vatelech Lidr says Hashem, she went to ask God. So Rashi says, she went to ask in the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever, the prophecy of Shem Ve'ever. But the Ramban says, Vatelech Lidr says Hashem, means she davened. That she davened. The Ksav Sefer says, I understand that, according to Rashi, that she went to ask Shem and Aver, and that's why the Pusik says after that you have two nations in your stomach, that they reveal to her that the reason that Yaakov, that one is trying to get out to the Yeshiva and one is trying to get out to the house of, of, of idol worship in the bad places, because there's two separate kids. That's according to Rashi. But the Ksav Sefer asks, according to the Ramban, that she davened, how did then she get the answer from God that she has two children? Because she davened. So the Ksav Sefer says... We have had a lot of people in our history that were brilliant geniuses and wicked. You could be really smart and know a lot of Torah and still be a Russia. Learning Torah doesn't make a person necessarily. Doesn't, they, they learn in universities. In Korea, they're learning Gemara. You could learn Torah and, make, and, it, and still be a masculine. But davening which isn't as quote-unquote exciting as learning Torah when she felt that Yaakov was just as excited when she davened as when she went by the yeshiva and learning Torah. Then she knew that the kid that wanted to go to Avedah Zarah must have been a different kid. Because if you're excited about davening, excited about learning Torah, it's, it's exciting. But if you're excited about davening, it means you have a deep connection with Hashem. And Rav Deitch said that Rav Steinzeltz was a Jew, if you know, by the Hasidim. Davening with a minion is second best. The highest level is what's called davening b'yechidus ba'arichus. Davening by yourself for a very long time, for hours with meditation, slowly every word. And Rav Steinzeltz for years and years and decades would every single Shabbos daven by himself for hours and hours and hours meditating, singing and davening Tashem. And Rav Deitch said to the Eid Haredis, that shows you that he's not a maskil. And they agreed. And they did not put him in cherem just because he was a real davener. And that shows you who Steinzeltz was. He was a chassidish Jew. He was a chassid. He might have been academic and a genius, but he had the humility to be a chassid. And the other anecdote I want to share with you that I myself saw. In Jerusalem, there's a replica of 770, of the house where the Lubavitch Rebbe of our generation lived, and especially there's a room, with, which is the Rebbe's room, that in Jerusalem, in the 770, there is an exact replica of the Rebbe's room. And I was there one time on the 11th of Nisan, the Lubavitch Rebbe of, of Blessed Memory's birthday, when Rav Steinzeltz came to Fabreng. He did a Fabrengen, and he went in to see this room that was an exact replica of the Rebbe's room, and he stood there, I don't know, a good 10 minutes, just staring, and I saw he came out and he sat down to Febrang and he was like very emotional. He was very moved. I could see he was very moved. And he said like this. He said in Hebrew, but he said, this was the first time I ever saw what the Rebbe's room looked like. And then he goes, don't think I wasn't in the Rebbe's room in New York. He said, I spent hours and hours. He was by hours and hours and hours with the Rebbe in Yechidus. But then he said, but when you were sitting in front of the, standing in front of the Rebbe, you couldn't see anything else except the Rebbe. You weren't able to look at anything else. 
you were just completely bottle, nullified. You couldn't look around. So Steindl says this was the first time I actually saw what the room looked like. And for me, that's a chassid. Being smart, big deal, there are a lot of smart people. Who cares? But to have the humility and the bittle to know that no matter how much you know, compared to a real tzaddik, we're absolutely nothing. Compared to a real tzaddik, knowledge, smartness, knowing stuff, that's not what it's about. It's about uniting with God. And Ersteinsaltz was enough of a chassid that he saw that in the Rebbe. And there he couldn't even look around at the room. And he lived that way always. May we take his example and recognize that no matter what level, quote-unquote, Torah learning we're on, being a Jew, being a chassid, means to humbly submit oneself to God and know that it's not us, no matter what we could possibly achieve. It's all God's grace and kindness and love that allows us to connect with Him. May we take Rav Steinsatz's example and really connect with Hashem more and more. Good Shabbos.